I'll just continue on the path of fear, right? Um, you just have to go head on. We're not, I'm not going to like sugarcoat it and say it's easy. Um, just do it. It is difficult, even for myself, even today, like if I wanted to reach out to somebody, it's nerve wracking, right? It's like, oh my goodness, um, I have to reach out to this person. What if they don't respond? You know, we, we all have those fears. But I would say maybe start small, start maybe in your local community, um, in your friendship groups, you know, whatever you do. Like I'm Christian, I go to church. So I'd say maybe start with at church, you know, in whatever like small little settings that you meet people, put yourself out there, volunteer for stuff so that you put yourself in a position where you're having to speak to people. And then maybe start with um, doing it virtually, like online, on LinkedIn. It's like a virtual or um, it's an online place, right? So you're not seeing people physically. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fiat World Podcast, brought to you by Fiat Match, a soon-to-be-launched peer-to-peer international money transfer and payments marketplace. True. Fiat Vault's bi-weekly episodes will have guests, you know, share immigrant-focused tips, insights, advice, and inspiration that you need to consistently elevate your finances, secure the bag, earn better, and build wealth. You'll find it valuable whether you're a career person or a business owner. All right. Um, hi, everyone. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Mustafa. Thank you so much for joining Fiat Vault podcast today. Um, this is ep- episode five, and we'll be talking about networking skills for immigrants. A very important topic, if you ask me, because um, really, I feel like a lot of immigrants find it difficult to, you know, expand their network when they move to a new country. It's not it's not an easy thing to do, really, making new friends, reaching new people. You are scared of getting a no. You are scared of getting ghosted, ignored, even insulted. You know, so most times you just kind of form a cocoon, just form like your own bubble and stay there. So, but we know that networking is a very important skill for you to move forward, both personally and professionally. So that's the essence of this conversation. And I'm really, really excited to have Mustafa here. Mustafa um, is a growth, is the growth manager at Allow Muse, while Nicole is the talent acquisition manager. So I'm just going to ask you, to introduce yourself, starting with um, Mustafa, Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me here, and I'm very excited to be here. My name is Mustafa. I come from a country very far from Canada. It's called Pakistan. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, coming from there, it's been a big of uh, cultural change, I would say. Pakistan is a very big, ci- uh, big country. I live in a very big city, around 25 million. I came to Mississauga, and... Uh, when I came to Mississauga, it was merely, merely because I knew Mississauga had a lot of Pakistani community and I wanted to be in that bubble. But after staying in Mississauga for two months, I felt like I had the exact same life that I had back home. And it, it really felt that I'm still at home and there was no change in my life. So I really wanted to get that Canadian experience. So I applied for a master's at Queen's University, which was a bit far from Toronto. It's in Kingston. So I, once I went to Kingston, a very small city, I would say around 100,000 people and very uh, white dominant city and very Canadian, Canadian city. So this is 
a city that I really, I would say, felt in love with. And I felt like I am in Canada and I'm still here, actually. I've been everywhere, but I still live here. And this is where all my journey has been and all the challenges and difficulties I've faced and struggled. And I brought solutions to it, which I'll share later in this, uh, over here. So this is kind of a kind of my story. <laughs> thank you very much. Nice to meet you, Mustafa. Cool. Yeah, Great. Well, thank you for having me, Tosin. And nice to meet you as well, Mustafa. So glad to be here. Um, as well. So my name is Nicole and I live in Toronto. I work in talent acquisition. Before working in talent acquisition, I was actually working in recruitment. And before that, I was living in Malaysia where I actually started my career as a customer service agent, then sort of worked my way up to become a team manager. And then from there made the transition to recruitment and yeah, been working in the recruitment talent acquisition space since. Amazing. Thank you both so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to the conversation um, because I like the fact that we have um, diverse um, perspectives here. So let's see how it goes. And I, I'm sure it's going to go really well. So uh, my first question is, what is networking? I mean, a Google search would obviously give one a definition, an explanation of what networking is. But in your own words, Nicole, what is networking? I would say it is connecting with people and having conversations with people. You know, sometimes when we look at, say, the textbook definition or the Google definition, it sounds overly sophisticated and people make it seem as if it's one. It's something that's like very big. You have to go out to do this. But in my opinion, it's literally just connecting with people and having conversations. And it's not as complicated as it seems. It's It can be anything, right? It doesn't have to be in a professional setting. You can network with people in a local grocery store, in your local church, you know, in whatever you're doing in your everyday life. You can find ways to connect with people in a casual or in a formal setting. To me, that's what networking is. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you. Mustafa, do you, what, what do you think networking is? Yeah, I think uh, she covered everything, <laughs> but I can add a few things to it. Uh, we've often heard that your network is your net worth and somebody with a big network has a lot of connections, knows a lot of people. And I've been watching this show actually recently called <clears throat> Shark Tank, in which entrepreneurs come and pitch their ideas. So they always say that, you know, I want the expertise of this particular panel judge because this person has the network and connections that will boost my business in the industry so being what i feel like networking is actually is making those connections and it's very important here in canada actually <laughs> yeah i i, I agree very very important. it is important yeah. i feel like in canada um your your network really is your net worth, right? Because a lot of opportunities will pass you by if you don't know people who will tell you about them because a lot of things are not, you know, really posted as black and white for you to find out. It's really about somebody telling you, oh, do you know there is an opportunity for a grant like this or this is happening. So it, it really is important. Amazing. So um, I totally <laughs> agree that your network is your your net worth really because at the end of the day 
like you said, there are some things you will never know about. There are some things you would never even know. As in, there's many opportunities that are not posted online, that are not on any website. And it's just certain few people that just know about it. And then when you have those people within your network, you open yourself to so much. So it's really, really important. And that brings me to my next um, question now to Nicole. Um, as a talent acquisition manager, um, you know, and with your experience moving from Malaysia to Canada, do you think that networking is actually an effective way of looking for jobs? Or do you think immigrants should just focus on, you know what, sending... You hear people say that they've apl- they applied to over 500 jobs and got 50 interviews and then maybe five offers. What do you think in terms of networking and looking for a job as a new immigrant? Okay. First of all, I would not recommend anybody to apply to 500 jobs. That is doing that is doing a lot of work, right? Um, using networking for your job search, I think, is the smarter way of doing it. You know, they talk about working hard and working smart. Um, we should always try and work smart. And when it comes to job searching, networking is the way to do that. Um, personally, when I moved from Malaysia to Canada, I got my first job through networking. Um, I got my first job in Canada within my first two weeks of being here as a result of just going on LinkedIn, um, doing research about a couple of companies, reaching out directly to managers. It is scary. It is hard. Yes, it's not easy for sure. It's nerve wracking. But at the end of the day, I think it's just about having the mindset that the person, you know, behind the screen or behind that name is just that they're a person. And you're also a person. Sometimes we might get intimidated when we look at people's titles and say, oh, this person's a director, they're a manager, they're a CEO. But behind that title, they're just a human being like you. And so the key to networking, I believe, is overcoming that fear of speaking to people and just realizing that it's a conversation with somebody, only two things can happen. Actually, three things can happen. The first thing that can happen is they won't respond, which is fine. Life still goes on. The second thing is they might respond, but they're not interested in helping you, which is still fine. Life goes on. The third thing that can happen is they might say yes, which is great. Either way, life still goes on. And when you think about it this way, um, when companies are hiring, right, there are three ways that they can get. Um, candidates. The first way is through recruitment agencies where they have to spend a lot of money to find talent. The second way is posting on job boards and they have to spend a lot of time going through those applications and screening to find the correct person. The third way they can get talent is through a referral internally. Somebody that's working in the company can, you know, come to HR and say, oh, I have this person that I know. I would like them to be considered for this job. The favorite, the The best way for companies, the easiest, the cheapest way is through referrals because you have somebody that's already working for you that is referring somebody. Nobody will refer somebody that they do not like or that they sort of, you know, cannot vouch for, right? So you know that if somebody is coming through a referral, um, you probably want to meet with that person. And so when you are networking, when you're connecting with people, building relationships, and you take that relationship to a point where somebody trusts you enough to recommend you or refer you in their company, that is the easiest way to get a job because nine out of 10 times a referral 
as a referral, you're getting your resume right in front of the hiring manager. And of course, if you do meet the requirements of the job to a certain extent, you're guaranteed to have at least an interview versus applying on job boards and competing with the hundreds of people that are also applying. I mean, very true. Um, apart from having to compete, in fact, before you get, first of all, you apply on these job boards and then you have to go through the tracking, this tracking system that eliminates people based on keywords. Then you now move to the next stage and then you're competing with several people with, I mean, it's, it's really a serious way of looking for a job, honestly. And I totally agree with you that, you know, going through networking, reaching out to people on LinkedIn. We've had a conversation here before on, on this podcast where one of our guests then and also mentioned the same thing. When she moved to Canada from Nigeria, she actually went on LinkedIn and reached out to people who were doing the kind of jobs that she wanted to do, you know, and asked them for their advice. She started building a network. Some people told her she couldn't immediately get a job in her career, that she had to start from bottom or go through menial jobs and all that but i mean that was not the case for her like you she got a job within a very short period of time i mean a very good job and from there she's been developing i mean she's one of the she's one of the most influential you know professionals there in canada in business analysis so um it's really important to just overcome that fear of talking to people like you said behind those some, some names on linkedin after the name, you have, you have like five titles. <laughs> exactly. Of five, you know, ACCA, MP, MPR, whatever. All, All those things can look very scary. <laughs> All the certifications, and you're like, oh my God, this person is so high. Come on. You can actually reach out to them. And like you said, the worst case scenario is they say no. And the best case scenario is that they actually say yes. And uh, I mean, doors of opportunities can open for you. So thank you very much for that, Nicole. Um, I'd like to move to you, Mustafa. I... I, I was really inspired and, you know, by your story. I would like you to just tell us a little bit about, you know, how you started volunteering when you moved to Canada and how it's helped you to build your network and, you know, even give you access to job opportunities. Um, Mustafa, you will need to unmute. Um, I think you are muted. Oh, sorry. I did not see that. But, uh, yeah, <clears throat> so when I came to Canada, I had a lot of experience working back home in Pakistan. But that was, I would say, my CV of Pakistan that wasn't very recognized because people could, did not know which companies those are and what I did over there. So one of my mentors at my school, my school of business, they said that, you know, it would be a bit difficult for you to get jobs instantly. But at the meantime, like while you still apply, try volunteering and get some Canadian experience. And it's going to be unpaid. But at the end of the day, you make new friends, you make new connections, you get the feel of the work over here in Canada. So I started volunteering. I did have a lot of volunteer experience, especially in one organization called Rotary International back home in Pakistan. And they had a branch here in Canada as well, especially at my university. So I started from there and then I did a lot of activities on the campus in the clubs. And from there in the city, I started volunteering in a lot of NGOs and charities, which I really like helping and working with. So once I started doing that, I saw that on my CV, it just says that I worked here. It did not say that I was an intern or a non-paid or volunteer. So that started counting as experience. And as I built that experience and I got uh, referrals from them and a lot of uh, connections made, they would refer me to further places where they were 
opportunities where I could get paid as well. So slowly, I would say I started from scratch in Canada, from the warm climb the ladder slowly, slowly, and then uh, with my CV built and everything. And I wanted to add to the point that uh, you mentioned earlier about the 500. Uh, I'm one of those people. I probably send, I don't know, maybe 100, 200 CVs. And the fun fact about it is that I worked, I would say, two jobs, one in downtown Kingston and one in Toronto. Both of them were referrals. Both of them, I did not send a cover letter, but I sent a customized cover letter to all those hundred. And instantly I got an interview with the referral. Instantly I got the job and it was just so clear cut. And I was like, I wasted a lot of time in sending CVs, but it was part of the learning process that I can guide others now. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that experience. I mean, I think I think when people hear from someone who has been through the same thing, like you said, it's part of the learning experience. Sometimes we go through things so that others don't have to go through them or so we can guide others. So um, obviously, like Nicole said, and like you've shared from your experience, it's it's smarter to actually, you know, use your networking skills to look for jobs rather than having to go through the sending out 500 applications or more yeah so thank you for sharing that with us mustafa yes, this is the term i want to add so there's this very famous term which i really don't like myself it's called coffee <laughs> chat and yeah. coffee chat is the first step and you know they say that it starts your networking you ask somebody from linkedin on any place that you really like ask the manager or ceo that if they, you could have like five minutes of your time for a coffee chat now, now morely online, but before it used to be at a coffee shop. <laughs> but uh, that's where you start to get information about the role and the company, and that's when you make your you start making your connection. It's not guaranteed that they will offer you a job or anything in the near future, but it starts putting your your name in their mind and everything in the back end, so they know that you are looking for something like that. Thank you for that tip. Thank you. Um. So I don't know. Do you want to add anything about um how new immigrants can build their network. You've mentioned, you talked about your story, volunteering and, you know, reaching out to people on LinkedIn and having these coffee chats. Do you have any other thing you want to add you know, that can help? Really, especially people that are very shy. Some people are shy, introverted. Some actually have low self-confidence. I mean, there are so many reasons why people might have issues coming out of their shell to network with people. So do you have one or two tips, one or two tips you want to share from your, from your experience as well? Yes, definitely. I would say I was one of those people. I did not even speak proper English when I came, I think, three years ago. But one of the things that I really challenged myself over here was being outside my comfort zone, doing all the things that I feared, especially public speaking. I did a lot of presentations and I was part of a lot of startup incubators and doing pitch competitions. So one thing that I really learned and I would really like new people to come and follow is face your fears early on like my first fear was facing minus 30 and i just stood outside in my shorts for five minutes i was like that's done <laughs> now <laughs> now i'm okay for the next one so uh try to start facing your fears and you you slowly build up it's not like instantly there's a boom and you know everything's gone you slowly build up in terms of networking one thing that i learned was that at the events that i used to go to with my friends I learned nothing. We would just make fun and, you know, just laugh. But those were the only people mostly I interacted with. The events that I went alone was the places that I made the most out of because I was alone. I was looking for people to meet and people, a lot of people also come alone to events. And that's where I made the most connections and 
you add them on LinkedIn, you get a lot of cards. This was all actually pre-pandemic, so I'm not sure how it's done right now. But yeah, facing your fears is something that, you know, just get it done with. If That was for me. <laughs> and it was hard, but if, if, yeah, it's important. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think that's very key. That's very important. Just face your fears immediately. Do it. Get it done and just move on. And you will learn from it. You make mistakes and you get better. So um, over to you, Nicole. As a talent acquisition you know, manager, someone that's, this is what you do. What would you say to um, an applicant who is probably your friend as well that is very shy, introverted, scared, has a low self-confidence, and doesn't know how to reach out to people. So I mean, it's some people actually, some people actually dread, you know, talking to new people, reaching out to people. What would you say to such a person? So, and the advantage of it is you can literally hide behind your screen. You can hide behind your message. So just type a message, close your eyes, and hit send. Just send it. Like I said earlier, the worst, the absolute <laughs> worst thing that can happen is that they don't respond. The next absolute worst that can happen is they will respond and then they will say no. But don't allow that rejection to hold you back. Rejection is part of life. Not everybody will say yes to you. And that's okay. When people say no to you, it's not because you're a bad person. It's not because um, maybe you're not the right fit. It could also just be, be because people are busy. I have like hundreds, literally hundreds of messages on my LinkedIn that I have not responded to. It's not because I'm a bad person or the person that messaged me, the people that have messaged me are bad or because I feel like I'm too important to respond to them. It's just because I don't have the time. I'm just like so busy. I have to do my work. I have like other things that I do outside of work that I have to do. So I just don't have the time to respond to everybody. So just keep on trying. Don't give up. And another thing I would say is when you reach out to people, um, be strategic in the message that you send, the messages that you send. Somebody sent me a message the other day saying, um, no hi, no anything. It was just, here's my resume. Can you take a look and get, give feedback? I didn't even click on the resume because, I mean, who do you think you are to just come to my inbox and say, here's my resume, take a look and give me feedback? You know, you have to be respectful and use tact in the way in which you approach people. Whether it's a recruiter, whether it's a manager, whoever it is, be respectful to people. People are busy. Um Something that I like to say is before you reach out to somebody, maybe take a few seconds, take one or two minutes to look at their LinkedIn profile, look, check and see if they've already put out content for free, find out what it is that you like about their profile, and then lead with that. You can be like, oh, hi, Tosin. I was doing a search on this, this, and that, and I came across your profile. I really like that you blah, 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 something that is relevant to their profile. Because everybody wants to be told nice things about themselves, right? Everybody wants to be flattered a little bit. So lead with uh, that. And then go into what it is that you want to say. And, you know, take baby steps, you know, test the waters a little bit. Don't just send your resume to somebody and say, hi, can you refer me to this job? It doesn't work like that. You really have to use tact and be strategic in the messages that you're sending so it's not just about 
bombarding people with messages. It's really about paying attention to the message that you're crafting. And if you don't hear back, not giving up, keep on going. Wow. Thank you so much, um, Nicole. Those are very, very important and helpful tips. Um, I think because sometimes, because people are scared to even do something, they might go, they might go about yeah. it the wrong way. Someone who's already you know, nervous about sending a message to someone on LinkedIn can just say, you know what, let me just send it and close my eyes. And then they just just type anything. And you know, the, the other person sees the message and is like, what is this? And just ignores. So those are very, very important tips you shared. Very, very, very important. Thank you very much. Um, so Mustafa, you already mentioned some of the you know struggles and fears you had, you know, while trying to build your network, the fact that you know um you were shy and you just started with baby steps. Are there other fears or struggles you didn't mention that you know made it difficult for you to start, you know, taking those baby steps, reaching out to people, speaking out, um, you know speaking out and just building your network little by little and how did you manage to come out of those things yeah for sure so one thing that really helped me was that when i came to kingston i've i found few groups and societies that were uh people for for like me back from home like from india or pakistan so we speak the same language and it really helped me because when i came here they they saw that this is a new guy in the city he doesn't really know what's happening much here how things happen especially fintech like i used to use cash all the time back home i came here i'm like what is this interact the card just scans itself and you can pay from phone apple watch i was like whoa too much technology <laughs> so all of that using google maps all of these things that i never did back home but uh, I, I quickly learned them but because i was in the comfort zone of my similar friends and background uh, groups from back home, they really helped me in, you know, learning more of the things. And once they gave me that push, then I went back into the community and, you know, took part in all these clubs and activities. And uh, because I would say living in a small city has its perks, it's a very small city. Everything is walkable. You meet a lot of people frequently. I think when I was, I'm in Toronto, if I see somebody and talk to them, I never see them again <laughs> on the street again, because it's such a big city. But Kingston is a small city and, that is one thing that I tell newcomers coming to Canada. If you try to come into a smaller city, it may be beneficial for you because of the small community and closeness of the people over here, especially in the pandemic. They were very, very helpful to each other. Whereas I felt like when I lived in Mississauga and Toronto, it was very fast and people did not have much time to even say hello back to you. So everybody was in a rush over here. It's like a bit of a slowness. So it's it's great over here. So that really helped in that as well. And as as you grow along, you, you meet new people. Always be open-minded to what others have to say, even if you have a strong opinion against it. But listen more and talk less. And that's something I've, I've seen that people really like here. Because we have a big habit of, you know, pushing our opinion <laughs> so that really helped in the long run as well thank you thank you for that thank you for i think um it's really important to take advantage of the communities around you as well when trying to build your network um if you have people from your own country around you who have been around for quite some time they're able to guide you they're able to show you how things are done and that cuts down your learning learning curve by probably half so very very important to take advantage of those kind of 
communities, like to use those resources as well. So thank you for that. Um, so Nicole, how valuable would you say your network is to you and how do you keep the relationship going? Now, this is not you speaking as a talent acquisition manager. This is you speaking as a professional as well who came from a different country to a new country and you had to, obviously you also had to build your network. So how would you describe your network to you? How important is it to you and how do you keep the relationship going? Because like you said, they are busy. People are also like, can get so busy that, you know, you just um, build that relationship at first. It's helped you get what you wanted to get and then you just move on with your life. But it's important to keep the relationship going. It's important to have that relationship LD. So what's, what do you think? It is important, like you said, to keep that, to keep those relationships going. And we are busy. My network is important to me. I get a lot of information. Um, if I'm starting a new job, there are certain people that I go to to tell them, okay, this is what I'm being offered. What do you think? Because these are relationships. I've tried to build relationships with people who are doing the same kind of work as me. And I've grouped those people into different subgroups. So I've grouped them into people that look like me, that have the same skin color as me, but have that, that have the same background as me. And I've also have people that I've put in a group or in a category who are doing the same work as me, but they're local Canadians, um, don't have the same skin color as me, and but would have different lived experiences. That way I'm able to learn from, you know, a diverse group of people and then use that information I get from them to my advantage. I think that, um, you know, if you try and navigate your career as an island, you will not be successful. You will miss out on a lot of information. You will be surprised when you speak to people that are doing the same work as you and find out that, you know, you're nowhere near to what they're making in terms of compensation. So that's why it's so important to build that network. It's not just about getting jobs, but it's about once you have that job, really finding out and trying to see if you are being paid equitably or if, you know, there are other opportunities that you could explore as well. So what I like to do is I keep a tracker um, with everybody that I like to connect with and periodically I will check in with them, especially on important holidays like, you know, Christmas, New Year's. Um, if there's something major that's going on, I'll always try and reach out to them. And then I make it a point to have like one touch point at least every month. In my head, I know that I'm just checking off like something on my tracker. But to them, it's just like, oh, um, Nicole's checking up on me. So it could be like, oh, hi, how are you doing? You know, we haven't connected in a long time. Just, you know, thought of you, thought I'd give you a call or if it's an email or if it's a map message but something i do maintain at least one touch point every single month because the worst situation you can be in is only reach out to somebody when you need something from them right that's not how relationships should be working so you should always keep the line of communication open that way if you do need some information from them you feel comfortable picking up the phone and calling them or sending them an email without thinking or without feeling like, oh, you're reaching out to them only because you want something. But if you've been, you know, following up with them every couple of weeks, 
that relationship is already, that line of communication, sorry, is already open and you will feel comfortable reaching out to them. So my recommendation would be keep a tracker because you would never remember at the top of your head. So keep a tracker, um, the person's name, which company they're from, their title, when the last time you reached out to them was, when the next time you want to reach out to them is, and then just check it off like a checklist and keep going. Thank you very much, Nicole. Thank you very much. Like you said, the worst um situation you want to be in is when you only reach out to people people when you need when you need their help. Mm-hmm. Um people would feel used. They will feel used. They will feel like they will feel like I just you are not even worth their yes. time, you know. So it's really important that you don't just yeah, you don't just um communicate to people or reach out to them only when you need something from them. Build those relationships, like keep the, keep keep things going smoothly. Absolutely. And like um Nicole, yeah, like you suggested, keeping a tracker. I've never thought about that. And I think that's something I'll probably do. As you were speaking, I was already thinking of, oh, that's true. I've not reached out to this person in like a few months yeah. now. I should actually send a message, not because I need something from her, but because I just want to keep her up to date with you know, what's going on with me and let her know that I see her as very important in my journey. So thank you very much for that tracker. It's very, very important. Um, Mustafa, what do you have to say about that? How do you keep your you know, your network, how do you keep the relationship going to ensure that you don't just reach out to them when you need them? Yeah, for most of my inf- informal, I would say, like, people I'm more friendly with, I just send memes, and we just send memes to each other. And that's where, you know, the conversation keeps going. But for some of them, like, I work in digital marketing, and I have a lot of network of digital marketers. So we tend to share articles to each other about, you know, Instagram's brought this new feature, TikToks, you know, taking over Facebook, all these kind of articles about new uh, tools. So we keep the uh, conversation going, but on a slower pace. But with most of them, uh, when I'm making kind of a connection, we often talk about sports, like, you know, which sport you watch and which team you like. And I've often seen that a lot of them here, uh, they're from a British background, so they watch a lot of soccer. I love soccer. I love cricket. So often we get that kind of conversation going at all times that, you know, this match, that match. So, yeah, it it sometimes, you know, for a few months you don't really talk, but, like, it it's the good point to start off if you are if you want to ask something, like start off with, oh, did you see this article or did you see this match and, you know, how this team is doing? And then eventually, you know, after a little time, ask for the thing that you're looking for. Thank you. Thank you for that. So basically, um, depending on the kind of the hierarchy of the relationship, you know, there's some, there are some relationships that are not like, um, you know, some net, some relationships are not like your, they're not, they're not your friends. They're like, um, people you look at, like your sponsors, you know, um, people you look up to people who are in positions you want to be in some five, 10 years time. Um, for such people, there's a way you actually, there's a strategy to continue building that relationship with them. While there are certain people that are on the same level with you, like you guys are all growing together, you're all building your careers together. For such people, yeah, if you're on the same group, the same WhatsApp group or Telegram group or whatever, just keep on reaching out to them, you know, sharing common interests, football, whatever, whatever it is that you guys find interesting and just ensure that you continue building on that relationship. So very very important for such, for such people you don't even need to send them a message if they see an opportunity that they think is very useful to you that will be very useful to you they will, they will send it to you they will share it with you i also belong to a, a group where 
job opportunities are shared. Sometimes even personal recommendations. Oh, my company is hiring this this role. Um, if anyone on this group is interested, reach out to me personally, and I'll and I'll just you know keep in a word for you the um human resources team or something. So very important that to keep just you know keep that relationship going. So thank you both so much for joining us today. My last um question. Basically, I want Nicole to share with us as, you know, as a talent acquisition manager, a former recruiter, what are some resources that you know will be very useful to people on this journey, like trying to become better at networking? I think that you can find a lot of um, free resources on YouTube. There are a lot of people that make videos on how to approach people on LinkedIn, how to get over your fear of reaching out to people. So it doesn't have to be complicated, just as simple as going on Google to do a Google search, you might find resources from that. But my absolute favorite tool for getting information is YouTube. Um, I like to call it YouTube University, (laughs) even though it's free, because you do find a lot of useful and helpful resources on YouTube if you do search for it. There are a lot of creators right now who focus on just specific niches. So if you're looking to get over your fear of public speaking or talking to people, go to YouTube. If you're looking for networking scripts, um, just tips and tricks with regards to networking, I'll also say go to YouTube. You can find a lot of useful and free resources there. Um, personally, I do have resources as well. You can follow me on Instagram at glitzxgrace. That's G-L-I-T-S-X-G-R-A-C-E. From there on my links on that Instagram page, I do have um, a resource that I've called the Job Search Toolkit, where you basically have done-for-you templates from the moment you're thinking about you know, starting your job search to like... Um, resume templates, your branding documents, the interview process, templates of that you can use literally to reach out to recruiters, to reach out to hiring managers, templates you can use to reach out to your network for networking, salary negotiation, just basically all the templates that you need for your job search process. Um, so yeah, Glitex Grace on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you for that. So guys, follow, follow our on on Instagram, she shares really useful tips on her Instagram page. I can testify to that. So um, thank you for those tips. Thank you very much, Nicole. Mustafa, before we go, do you have anything you want to say? Any last words on the topic? Yeah, so I would like to share that I think a few years back in 2019, I made a document. I think it's around 15 to 20 pages. It's called Welcome to Toronto Startup Kit. And it's something that I made more based out of my experience to help Similar people coming, uh, especially international students coming to Canada. So I made one for Toronto. I made one for Kingston, and I can share those with you. And I think it's been very helpful for newcomers coming in. There are some groups where people talk and they tell that we are coming to Canada. So uh, often my friends and uh, connections, they send that document to them prior to coming. And then they have a gist of, you know, how it's like, where to get some uh, very... uh, Thing that you know i would have really liked to know before coming like where to get your winter gear what winter gear you really need what kind of apps you must have in your phone before coming and what kind of uh, phone plans do you have that kind of 
pricing because phone plans are more expensive here than other places. And for Toronto, what kind of transportation is over here? Go bus, uh, my way, TTC, all types of transportation, their costing, kind of their mapping and where you could go for travel if you're coming with your family and all that. So I just made a like a 15 to 20 minute, 20 pages document. And then I actually had to present it to all the international students coming in 2019 to Queen's University in uh, my program. So I think it's been pretty helpful for them. And if you share them with any person coming, you know, it will be very helpful for them as well. I can share you those documents. They're on my LinkedIn, actually. Amazing. Thank you. That's a very, um, very useful um, um, useful guide you put together because I think people and people are planning to move to a new country. They have so many questions, like so many questions. They want to know about every aspect of it, the, the weather, the food, the transportation system. So um, kudos and well done on that. Thank you very much. Um, so anyone who is interested, you can reach out to Mustafa on LinkedIn. Um, I'll put both your um, social media links in the, in the description. So anyone who is interested can always reach out to you. Once again, I really want to say thank you. I know that you are both very busy and um, I'm grateful to you that you took out time out about 40 minutes of your time to join us today that's a lot that's a lot to give someone so thank you thank you thank you thank you so much and everyone who joined or who is going to be watching this video again this is fiat vaults um a podcast brought to you by fiat match is soon to be launched peer-to-peer international money transfer marketplace um will be launching very soon so um i invite you to join our waitlist on www.fiatmatch.com so see you again in two weeks' time when the next episode will be uploaded. Thank you very much and bye. Exciting, insightful, and fun are some of the words that come to mind when I think about today's episode. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, please share your thoughts and learnings on any of our social media pages at Fiat Match, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And remember to share this episode with your friends and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Once again, Fiat Vault Podcast is brought to you by Fiat Match, a soon-to-be-launched international money transfer and payments marketplace. See you in two weeks.